It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh, this, of course, is the Friday Fun Fest. Uh, Reavers is not with us. It's Manny and I, and uh, I decided... And a, a tribute to Manny's hard work today that uh, I was going to let Manny choose the musical guest. Now, after listening to Ernest Tubb <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, Linda Ronstadt and Gary Stewart last week, I trust Manny will continue the vibe that we've had here on the Friday, on the return of the Friday Fun Fest. We had a year off, and now we're back with the Friday Fun Fest. Uh, but I let uh, Manny uh, choose the musical guest, and I'm going to be as shocked as you are when we find out what the music is. Would you play a little bit of it, Manny, please? Who might we be listening to? Today's musical guest is a tribe called Quest. A tribe called Quest. Yes. Now, is that that considered a... No, wait. You told me last week that rap is the music, hip-hop is the culture. Yes. Right. So where did where how long have these guys been prominent? Uh, well, they came to prominence probably in like the late '80s. Really? Um, so they're they're in on the get go almost, huh? Yeah, yeah. So they're they're one of the uh, they're one of the throwbacks. They're they're essentially no longer a group because mm-hmm. one of the members and part of the reason why I chose them is because uh, yesterday was the two-year anniversary of Fife Dog, who passed away. Oh, I've heard of Fife yeah, Dog. I yeah. didn't know what was, he did uh, for a living, but he, I guessed. Yep, yeah, he passed away two years ago yesterday. So what did uh, uh, he do to He uh, uh, had some complications with diabetes. Oh, he was really? not uh, okay. fully healthy. All right. and, uh, but, okay, uh, so did now when you go through Tribe for Quest's body of work, do we have to be careful, or are they pretty uh, uh, you, you got to be a little straight, careful, shooting, but or? I will say with the uh, selection that I have uh, mm-hmm. ready to go today, uh, it, it's it's pretty good. We're, when we're, we're was, safe. And when was Tribe for Quest's... Uh, tribe what was called your, Quest. Tribe called Quest. Yes. Uh, they're no relation to inks, right? One of my favorites uh, turned out no. to be in sync. I thought it was no, inks, no, no. but uh, <laughs> but uh, tribe called Quest. What was their biggest hit ever? Well, they had a few. That one uh, award tour. That was that was probably uh, one of their one of their really big mm-hmm. ones. Um, their first single was called uh, "Left My Wallet in El Segundo." Their really? very first single now, after debut album. Uh, yes. That that sounds a little more musical than uh, a lot of uh, rap I've listened to, which they're, is just umpa 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 pa. <laughs> they're very they they are. Um, uh, I don't know if eclectic is the right right way to describe it, but they're very they're very jazzy. Yes, very jazzy. that's what yes. I thought we were getting at. Well, so that you yeah. you you basically chose one 
to not fully offend me then. In yeah, because I, I figured when I was going through these, I figured, you know, okay, Pat might actually like, going, might actually might enjoy these. Going, yeah. might give me. So how did we boogie to this music? Well, you know, it wasn't, uh, you didn't really go to you the, just kinda, you didn't really go to the nightclub. Huh? Yeah, you just kind of vibe to it and okay. nod your head to it. And okay. It's, it's good music for vinyl. If you've got some vinyl. You want to play it on an old record player or something. This is the type so of So when we put out play. a uh, log of uh, musical guests on the Friday Fun Fest, people will say, we'll have a few people of my generation saying, huh? Right? Huh? Yeah. They'll be like, okay. huh? What is that? But well, they might, I, but they'll be intrigued. They'll they be will. very intrigued. Yeah, yes. right. Tribe, uh, so. Tribe called Quest. Okay. I, I, uh, now, what has happened to the surviving members now that uh, Fife uh, Dog is no longer with us? Uh, well, Q-tip, They've spread out. Oh, Q-Tip. He's yeah, famous. Yeah. yeah. Q-Tip is probably the most famous member mm-hmm. of the group. And he's, I mean, he's had solo work and all that stuff. So he's Now, still where around. did that nickname come from? Do you have white hair or something? No, or no, no, okay. no. It just uh, I'm not. I'd have to do some do some research. I've always do any of the guys in the hip hop culture groups that were popular just Bill or Tommy. <laughs> Anybody like that? Anybody just go by Tommy or Pete? Hey, Pete, how well, you doing? I will say Q Tip. Q Tip. His birth name was Jonathan William Davis. Okay. So and then he changed his name to Kamal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been John Fareed, so but, he's uh, okay. Uh, but, uh, Kenny, but here's Kenny. Is, yeah, Kenny I likes Tribe. Ask Kenny, did you ever hear of Tribe uh, called Quest? Yeah, absolutely. And to answer your question, I'm still standing up. Here's how you vibe to uh, to hip hop. <laughs> Just bounce. Okay. Yeah. You just, just do that. Yeah. You don't have to you dance. You kind of nod your head a little bit. Just bounce, man. Yeah, yeah, let's bounce. And you don't dance. You don't rub up to each other when well, you dance. you can if you'd like. <laughs> I'm not going to stop you. Might be a little uncomfortable, but... Uh. Okay. Well, I, uh, I'm, I'm trying. I, I, I'm trying. I think you'll, I think you'll enjoy mm-hmm. this selection. I think you'll like it. Uh, it's going to take you a while, though, yes. to, to cure you of calling all hip-hop rap. But well, I, and you but, have that discussion. But Manny's now told yes, me that the music I can get away with by saying rap. It's yeah. rap music. Yeah, it's, because it's okay. of his age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of his age. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah, he's good. He's good. Well, I, you know, I certainly like that better than the stuff they were playing during batting practice a couple of weeks ago. That you would have had to, you know, that. Anyone under the age of 40 shouldn't have been listening to, uh, you know, so. Yeah, anyway. Tribe is awesome. I've got a bunch oh, of their uh, bunch of their albums, and mm-hmm. it's very musical and very enjoyable. Yep. All righty, hot news story. Miguel Sano not suspended or censored in any way by Major League Baseball after their long and thorough investigation. They said that they interviewed 20-some people. Most interesting, they said they also looked at communications in doing this, which indicates might indicate that, uh, that uh, you know, I hate to jump to conclusions, but maybe Miguel and her had previous communications or something ah. like that. I don't know. I don't that. That to me is a key phrase there that they uh, and that would explain some things then yeah yeah but anyway uh, and I'm wondering if uh, the young lady was as aggressive in wanting him disciplined as she was in her tweet about him uh, that started this whole thing originally I'm not I don't know any of these things I'm I guess she's been at the ballpark I've never met her and she would have had no reason to come up and say hello to me so and uh, has there been any response from her or her lawyers uh today? I have not seen it but it might be out there right now okay. so I, I have no idea if they might just I'm, maybe it's just gonna 
this too shall pass. I don't know. Uh, and John Hyde's sitting around out there complaining, yeah. not doing anything. Let's get let's, him let's on get the him case. On. We yeah. got him on the case. Okay. All right, we shall return. Dan Bernstein uh, from the score in Chicago. Talk to him about Loyola when we get back. Dan Bernstein co-hosts the uh, 9 to 1 show on the score in Chicago. Thanks for your time, sir, on this hectic day down in Chicago. Well, you're, you're getting rid of your family. You're sending them to Istanbul. What's that about? No, we're, it's a family trip. We're actually we're flying to Rome and Florence, and we're we're doing it through Istanbul. <laughs> wow! We're, okay. yeah, we're, we're taking a uh, a circuitous route because we're flying on on frequent flyer miles. So, however it gets us there, we can't complain. I'm sure that you're the guy who wants to see all the culture of Florence too. Those great old museums and the like. Are you that kind of guy? This will be the second trip. My really? wife and I honeymoon there. Yeah, we. We honeymooned in Rome and Florence and Venice 19 years ago, and now we are going back with a 16-year-old daughter and a 13-year-old son and going to have a, a very different kind of experience to looking forward to. Man, alive, I hope my wife's not listening to this. She'll uh, she'll not think much of the way I've treated her. Hey, uh, Dan, so I am so old. I remember when DePaul was basically the number one thing in Chicago in the early 80s, and uh, 1984, Ray Myers last year I was listening to a Chicago radio station of the broadcast and they lost in the sweet, sweet 16 to Wake Forest and the guy outside waiting to interview Ray was crying on the microphone are we that emotionally involved in Loyola right now in Chicago well, it's a great way of phrasing the question because this has been a, a very new experience for a lot of people it is almost entirely a, a bandwagon affair. Yes. It's as if it's as if this flower just sort of bloomed and we never saw it coming up through the dirt in the garden and then here it is. And at a time when the Bulls are awful, the Blackhawks are awful, the Bears aren't playing, the baseball teams are in spring, it's a hey, look at this, let's have a sports party in Chicago kind of thing. <laughs> and nobody knows anything about this team until they're in the tournament. And even on campus, Patrick, even yes. on campus, at Loyola, they had players handing out donuts and coffee and trying to get people interested in this basketball team. And, and here we are at, at my radio station. There's maybe one producer that is, writes a college basketball blog uh -huh. that had seen a single minute <laughs> of regular season Ramblers basketball. Yes. I mean, look, this is not a college town. No. It really is. This, is. this is a pro town. But what's really fun about this is we're all, there's no downside to being on the bandwagon where you're saying, okay, this should be fun. Let's figure out who these guys are and root for them. And they've been rewarding the attention. Yeah, and it's, uh, the contrast to DePaul is they were uh, really gigantic there in the late 70s and early 80s because they were getting all the Chicago kids to stay home. And, by hook or crook, <laughs> they were getting them to stay home. And that was pre-Michael, too. So uh, there was room for a, a college team then, probably. There's no question. There's a question that this has become more so than ever a, a, a city dominated by professional sports. But even Northwestern last year, and even that was that was a cute story. Yes, but there were a handful of people who cared, and they played well. And you know, Chris Collins was a big name, when knowing with the connection to Doug and Chris's connection to Duke and everything else. 
and it was fun, but the fact that they laid such a big egg this year yes. really opened the door for this Loyola phenomenon. The other part of it is the way Loyola plays. That they, they give you everything you want from that classic collegiate experience. Every cliche, every bit of grindiness, yes. every little white guy. You've got the 98-year-old <laughs> nun. Yes. It, it's, it, you know, you've got the, the, the big lummox of a center that looks like he came out of, out of the ABA in 1973. <laughs> and it's it, it, every bit of it right now is just... It, it, let me also say, too, they're whatever fan base exists has been so welcoming and so open to all of us bandwagoners. Really? They're not, they're not saying it's not like it usually is. Okay. Where were you guys all season? They're just saying, come on, enjoy it. Yes, yes, exactly. And that's, it's, they've been, they've been embracing the attention. I remember when the Blackhawks got really good and they started chasing the first cup and there had been maybe 9,000 people that would sit there on Madison street. And the response was, Oh, these, these bandwagoners. Yeah. I was here when nobody. Sure, here. Right, I was. Yeah. You know, and it's for, for I, the comparison I make is to the hipster punk rock or alternative rock fans, where you were with that band when they were playing tiny little barns, and all of a sudden they're playing arenas, and you and you resent the new attention. Yes, Loyola could do that, mm-hmm. and they're doing the opposite. That's good. Their sports information department, and from the which is what? Two, on what's, down. what's uh, the sports information department's got to be two guys, right, or two gals? Probably, but, but you know what? They've staffed up, and they've got a. Every phone is answered. Really, and every in- interview request is yes. Wow. They, they know the value of this. We talked to Steve Watson, the athletic director. They they understand the the priceless value of this attention for the university, for enrollment, for everything, for their overall branding, not just for basketball. So they have been very careful to say, of course the coach can come on three shows on the same day. <laughs> of course we'll make players available. And and for all the fans, they say, here, here's who we are. Here's where we are. Here's, come on out. Here's how to find us next year if you're interested. Dan Bernstein is with us. Uh, Dan, the, uh, the thing about Northwestern last year, well, that's a, I know they'd never been there, but it's a Power 5 school, and there's the romance is minimal. The romance here is you got four 75-year-old guys from a team that won the national championship sitting in the second row there at the game last night, including former Minnesota Muskie standout, less big game hunter. The story of that team, too, is amazing oh. for what, what they meant in, in a time when basketball was was concurrent with what was happening in civil rights leading up to 1965 and, and the Civil Rights Act being passed. And the story of Jerry Harkness and the, his activism since then is it, it, it's amazing. And my, my hope, if they win one more game and we get a pre-Final Four buildup here, oh, yeah. that there could be some legitimate good done by the telling of the story nationally of that team and people really knowing about the narrative of, of how much that team meant. Well, Texas Western gets all the pub because they started five black guys when they wanted two years later, but Loyola has started four black guys. And, uh, that's, uh, that was a phenomenal time of, uh, you know, that was phenomenal for that era. Well, something I didn't know about was that there was an understanding. It wasn't a rule on the books, but there was an understanding where coaches would only play two black players at one time 
if they were behind. There were gentlemen's agreements among the coaches, <laughs> ironically uh, termed, in that they would say, well, you, you, I'll play mine in this, and you play yours at this. We'll match them up evenly. And Loyola didn't care. They said, these are our players, and we don't care what uh, the color of their skin is. This is our starting five, and here's four of them for you. Well, the Minnesota Gophers were just integrating at that time. Uh, you know, Archie Clark, Lou Hudson, and Don Yates came in, uh, 62-63, something like that. And, you know, the, the Gophers... Big Ten school, they played nothing but uh, white guys until uh, that, that same time Loyola was winning the national championship. But uh, that was a hell of a game last night. That was fun because you knew Nevada was going to come at them. But their their ability to blow by uh, that uh, Nevada defense and shoot lamps was incredible. Well, I thought the big change that was made, obviously, was taking Cameron Crutwig out at half. And we yes. were discussing it today. And the gutsiness of a coaching move to take your, your big center out, and he facilitates a lot. You, know, you can make fun of the guy for being big and goofy, but he is a, a willing and deft passer. He's got a dancer's feet, and they like to operate with him sometimes as the focal point of the offense. They took him out at half because he was a bad matchup, and the closest thing we could come to that was Nick Saban in the national championship game switching quarterbacks. Yeah, right. Because he, you, you, the great coaches... They don't coach to what they planned for. They coach to what is actually happening in front of them. And I don't know where Porter Moser is going to end up next year. I don't know if they're going to be able to retain him here and sweeten the pot enough for him to want to stay. But he is making a name for himself as a, a clever and now gutsy head coach who clearly has the attention. Of oh, players. he's a Majerus guy. He was uh, Majerus's assistant head coach down in St. Louis, and they didn't give him the job when uh, Rick uh, passed away, so he came to Loyola, right, Ray, basically? Or or he, well, he, he might have already at, been at Loyola, I think, before Rick uh, passed away. But uh, he's yeah, a, he was at Illinois State, remember? Yeah. And it was, uh, there was you know, some years of underachievement at Illinois State where – Porter wasn't the hot name for a while, but yeah. he certainly has found he's found a good fit, and and it's worked for him. His message has resonated. He has also gotten in the attention of some public league coaches, and maybe found some of the second and third tier mm. Chicago public league players like Dante Ingram to to keep them home. Yeah. Hey, what's is he a good guy? Is he character? A good interview? What kind of guy is Moses? Yeah. Yeah, he is. He's he'll he'll do any interview. He certainly knows he's a he's a very good salesman, and he's coachy. You know, you know how these guys yeah. are. That uh, that you know, I I always enjoy being around basketball coaches the most because I think there's something about the culture of the game that makes basketball coaches the most honest of of any who do what they do in any sport. Even though and, Dan, you admit it, you've never been in the arena. What kind of gym do they play in? It's the Genteel Center seats what about thirty five hundred, mm-hmm. and it's it's nice. But they're building some brand new facilities there, uh, close to the lake, and upgrading all of that. I don't know that this one season is going to be enough for them to start adding on seats and <laughs> no, fill no. that place out this year. But it's 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 nice enough. But I, it's probably exactly what you would expect. Yeah, well, it is absolutely fun. That's for sure. And uh, you know, we we don't have we got one. We got one NCAA Division One school. We got no options. All we got is the Mutt Gophers. We don't. But we don't have any options. We don't have any Cinderella stories up here. I'm just. I'm trying to think. You never get like a. What 
like a Duluth team. Well, or, we get it in hockey. You Mankato. got hockey, but you got hockey, but that's uh, that's you know D one basketball. The Gophers are the only one. So anyway, hey, have well, a good every, trip. Every to once in a while, you see one of those uh, some Minnesota players show up on a roster somewhere, and you wonder how many months out of the year they can actually play outside. One last question: How's your charming former partner, Mister Boers, doing? He is happy in retirement, <laughs> and he he is healthy. He bought himself a toy. He has himself like a, a mango-colored Dodge Charger. <laughs> and it, it, you, know, you know Terry was an old-time car guy back in really? the Really? I did not you know, know that. Sure. Oh, he was a... He was a a drag racer of note in the south suburbs where he would he he had an original Dodge Charger and he was known as one of those in picture right out of American graffiti mm-hmm. where these guys would, would have set up these challenge races for wads of cash and he had a, a bit of a reputation back in the day and was well known to the area gendarmes and he is uh, he's he's reliving it a little bit by now in his uh, his mid sixties getting himself another charger. Well, you've earned everything you've gotten in Chicago working with Mister Boers all those years, sir. All that hazard pay, yeah, <laughs> yes, right. Special dispensation, <laughs> yes. Sure. Hey, thanks, Dan. Thanks for your time. Go Ramblers. My pleasure. All right. Thanks. See ya, uh, Dan Bernstein uh, from the Score. When the uh, grumpy Terry Boers was on, another former sports writer uh, who I knew well, I used to be on the score quite often, especially if the, before a Bears Vikings games. But I told him yesterday, he dropped me like a bad habit. I think they don't. I think they didn't like. Maybe the new vibe of sports radio is you shouldn't just agitate your listeners. <laughs> I used to agitate the hell out of those Bears fans, man. So anyway, we shall return. That was fun. This is the ride with Racy. An interesting theme for a uh, song to get a whole song out of it. Do you approve of Manny's selection here, Johnny? I do, yes. You like these guys? Yeah. Had you ever heard of them previously? Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? <laughs> Patrick, they were huge. I'm not kidding. Well, you know, what the heck? Yes. I trusted him once, and uh, so, yeah, he came out okay. I just got a, I just got a guy saying it's a lot better than that terrible country music singer you had on last week. He must have meant two weeks ago, Ernest Tubb, because nobody could ever call Gary Stewart terrible. Right? No, Gary Stewart's pretty good. Ernest is an acquired taste. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like sounds like some guy you met out on a street corner who's looking for a quarter. But uh, Ernest I, is old school. Yes, no he doubt is. about it. Yes. Yes. No doubt about Here's it. Here's Johnny Height with a busy sports update. <laughs> Thank you, Patrick. This update sponsored by KFC. KFC's $20 Phillips will feed a family of four with eight pieces of delicious Kentucky Fried Chicken, two sides of taters and gravy, coleslaw, and four flaky biscuits for just $20. So stop into a KFC and treat yourselves to a $20 fill-up. KFC, it's finger licking That good. sounds pretty good, Johnny. I'm a bachelor. Maybe I have to find a KFC. Sounds really good. Eight, buck, eight pieces and a bucket of gravy? What the hell? Have you, Johnny, have you heard of these guys? <laughs> yeah, I know. You're the best, Gracie. You are the best, man. That's so funny. Thanks. Thanks. I, yeah. I laughed all the way in here from my desk to the microphone. Couldn't stop laughing.
An MLB investigation into that alleged assault involving twin slugger Miguel Sano and a female photographer will result in no league discipline. Major League Baseball making that announcement today. In a statement, the twin slugger said, I want to thank Major League Baseball for conducting a thorough investigation. I'm happy to put this behind me. I look forward to focusing on the upcoming season and playing alongside my teammates. I want to thank my family, friends, the Players Association, the Minnesota Twins, and my fans for their continued support. And now, Miguel, what are you going to do about that rear end that's behind you, man? <laughs> Let's lose 10. Come on. Yeah, it'll be said in a release that interviewed more than 20 individuals, including Sanoa and the complainant, as well as a review of available documents, including communication records. They said at the finish of the investigation, they found there was insufficient evidence to support any disciplinary determination against Sanoa because of conflicting and inconsistent witness accounts and the absence of contemporaneous substantiation. What's that a mean? A lot of long words, isn't it? What's the contemporaneous? Uh, what's that mean? It means that, nobody could uh, substantiate nobody, her at the, story. At that time. Nobody, okay. yeah. Okay. Exactly. Uh, 20, uh, twins, as far as the baseball action went today, finished a 2-2 two to two tie with the Astros. Uh, twins were hitless up to the ninth inning. They had two hits and scored two runs in the ninth. Finished her up 2-2, two to two, and the Twins will play Baltimore tomorrow. Of course, they open the regular season next Thursday in Baltimore against the Orioles. Boys State basketball a tournament action. Class A and Class 2A semifinals going on today. Class A action today. Russell Tyler Ruthen defeated number one seed Mayor Lutheran 49-38. Ooh, boy, the upsets keep on coming in the boys basketball tournament. Uh, the, Russell Tyler Ruthen, though, was 31-1 and on the season, mm-hmm. so... Uh, I don't know who they had for opponents, but uh, mm-hmm. they were doing okay. Uh, Northwoods defeated Cass Lake Bina easily, sixty-seven to forty-seven. So they're in the finals. Mm-hmm. Northwoods right. and Minnesota. Way to go, yep. Russell. Taylor I didn't even know they knew had basketball hoops <laughs> up there. For goodness' sake, they do, but there's no nets. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Semi-finals. And you got to run inside every five minutes when you play. <laughs> There's another wolf. Get the hell in there. Time out, time out. Warm break. We need a warm break. If it's not a wolf, it's a bear. <laughs> the uh, two-way semifinals will be tonight. Minnehaha Academy at St. Cloud Cathedral and Brooklyn Center taking on Caledonia. Joe Bershaw. Uh, you know, Brooklyn Center and North had a big brawl yeah. up there. At the, not the players, but the at the fans in Hollenbeck Hall last Friday night. Yeah, mm-hmm. made all the news, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Berger announcing his retirement from the NFL today. He spent the past seven seasons as uh, an offensive lineman for the Vikings. All told, he appeared in 145 regular season games, 107 of those for the Vikings. He made 64 starts for the Vikings. Originally, they got their money out of him. He he played everywhere they needed a body. He played originally a sixth round pick by Carolina in 2005. He signed on with Miami. He played for the Dolphins, Cowboys, and Dolphins again before he joined the Vikings in He, f- he floated out the idea a couple of weeks ago that I might want to play again, yeah. but apparently there were no takers. He made it sound like he wanted yeah, to uh, well, come back and they play. They did call him up, so the hell with it. <laughs> Timberwolves finally back at it tonight. They're in New York to play the Knicks. Tomorrow night they stay on the East Coast to play the 76ers. Both the, the Timberwolves and the Wild pretty much off all week. <laughs> It's a very yes. strange schedule. Yeah, now they play back-to-back. Back. The, uh, it would be a good idea for the Wolves to win tonight because yes. tomorrow, tomorrow will be difficult with the 70s. And the Knicks are absolutely rotten, so mm-hmm. take care of business. Don't screw around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, 
This would if they would lose to a bad Eastern Conference team on the road, this would be the first time all year, right? Yeah. <laughs> Only yeah. done it about six times already. <laughs> Seven actually. <laughs> but who's counting? Yeah. Wild off four days. They'll be back in action tomorrow. In fact, they have two in a row at Excel. Tomorrow night, Nashville in town, then Sunday, the Boston. I'm Bruins seriously considering going to see Nashville tomorrow. Tomorrow night. But as the day progresses. Like... <laughs> well, Sorry. you gotta go see my guy uh, PK. P.K. Subban. Subban and, uh, and yeah. uh, Nashville's uh, good. They're good. Plus, uh, get a chance to see uh, Lavalette. How are the Bostons this year? They're media. I don't even know if they're going to make the playoffs. The they're Bruin? They're, yeah, they're good. They made a big trade at the deadline. So That's a matinee, out. isn't it? So That's 6.30, actually. Yep. Oh, it is. All right. Yep. All righty, John. Thank you. You bet. We are having tragedy take place today in Sioux Falls at the end of two periods. Number one seed, St. Cloud State, my Uh-oh. Huskies, Uh-oh. zero. Air Force, two. Oh, Coach This Sarah is Corey. worse than Holy Cross. And also, number two seed in Notre Dame is tied with Michigan Tech at the end of three. That's what I don't like about hockey. It doesn't make any difference how good you are. It's the only sport where it doesn't make any good difference if you're better than the other team. Would you agree? Maybe soccer. Yeah. Maybe soccer. But uh, we're down 2-0 in St. Cloud. We're down 2-0 in Sioux Falls. I'll tell you one thing. We don't want Motsko down here if we lose to Sioux Falls, if we lose to Air Force as the number one seed, do we? That... Uh, that, wow. that eliminates uh, that eliminates him as a candidate, I would think. The Huskies are rather notorious. They went to one Final Four, but they're rather notorious for puking it up. And uh, this would be a classic, classic uh, one. Uh, down but, but we, like, we like Frank territory, though, right? Oh, yeah, he's a character. Yeah, he's great. He's a character, but... Yeah, we got the Husky. We we we're Husky fans, so here yeah. I'm, I'm a big Husky fan. They're the they're the pride on ice of the state. <laughs> Everybody rallies around the Huskies in the state. Everybody wants the Huskies to win. Oh man, this is I'm depressed. That's terrible. I I won't be able to make. The worst part is I won't be able to make Holy Cross jokes anymore. Now, now did UMD, did they make the tournament? Did the Bulldogs make the tournament? Yeah, they're in it, I believe. So, so I, Yeah, they, they beat get, the Gophers by one thousand that's of right. a point. That's yeah. right. So if they get... They pro- they'll probably win it, so, having gotten in on their bellies. So what I, what I anticipate is if they get to the Frozen Four in the championship game, the Bulldogs I'm talking yes. about... Will you put out your tweet? Congratulations to the University of Minnesota for oh, reaching, yes. the, <laughs> for reaching I, the Frozen uh, Four. I, in fact, wrote a column about what a great because the year they won the football title and the basket, they won the D two football championship, and then they won the hockey. I think in the same year. Okay. And I wrote about the great year the University of Minnesota had had, and how proud we are of the of our University of Minnesota. And of course, uh, I think some of the Gopher holders. This guy's so stupid; he doesn't know the difference between Duluth and the Gophers. Well, anyway, yeah, but this is terrible. Come on, how can this how, Air Force got to be having a goalie? You know what he's doing? Their goalie? I'm just guessing. I bet he's standing on their standing head. Standing on his head, yeah. But I, I, I found it. It's on uh, ESPN. 
It's on ESPN uh, U, so it's on, on on Comcast. It's on eight sixty nine. If you're a gopher, if you're a jealous gopher fan who wants to see the Huskies go down the tubes, uh, you can find it on eight sixty nine. But what a horrible loss uh, this would be. This would be. This would tie us with Virginia, for goodness sakes. Yeah. Although I suppose if, in hockey you've probably had some sixteens beat some number ones. I know. I'd, it, Maybe know, once in a while, yeah, yeah. Yeah, every once in a while. Well, when the Gophers, when, what, what about Holy Cross? What was uh I think the Gophers were the national two seed, and two seed, Holy okay. Cross was 15. 15, okay. Yeah. Close but, enough. So this would, be, this would be bad. I think St. Cloud's, maybe they ended up being, them and Notre Dame were the one and two seeds, and they're both in trouble right now. All right, we'll be back with This Day in History. Quiet, please. We'll be on the air. And now, this day in history. Patrick? Gretzky trailing. Gretzky looking. Gary Curry. McSorley to Gretzky. That stiff McSorley got an assist on that goal. He yeah, said to he McSorley, did. Uh, man alive, he was the fighter and uh, kind of a blacksmith. On March 23, 1994, Wayne Gretzky scored his 802nd goal, breaking Gordie Howe's National Hockey League record for most goals in a career. Uh, he, uh, Gordie Howe, of course, was a different kind of player. He would hit you with the stick and knock yeah. you down. Uh, Wayne Gritsky began to skate at the age of two in his, on the river in his native Ontario. As a young child, he showed a tremendous aptitude for sports, especially basketball and hockey. His father built a skating pond in the family's backyard every winter on which his son could conduct drills to improve his skills. You know what else he learned to do out there with that puck? He learned to make that puck talk to him, I think, because, <laughs> or he could talk to it. Because uh, I was just complaining about luck in hockey. He didn't need it. The Edmonton Oilers didn't need it. They beat you seven to nothing. Yeah. They beat you seven to two. They uh, they did not need it. Obviously, the greatest team ever assembled. No matter what people want to say, uh, they were fantastic. I will I will forever maintain the the greatest stat that I can ever imagine is that if even if Wayne Gretzky had never scored a single goal in his entire career, he would have more points still and, and than anybody would, in NHL history. Yes, he, had 800, he ended up with the record of 894 goals, but he had 1,963 assists. It's ridiculous. 50 hat tricks. 2,850 hat tricks. 28. <laughs> oh uh, and how many hat tricks did he set up for Curry uh, yeah. on the power play? It was, uh, and of course, Messier too, but Messier was a different, but Curry was the recipient of so many of those passes. At 16, he was drafted in the third round of the OHA, a major league for amateur. Despite a naturally slight build and average speed and strength, <laughs> Gretzky quickly proved that his dominance in Peewees, by the way, his last year in Peewees scored uh, 378 goals. I don't know how many games, but uh, uh, he turned oh professional gosh. at 17. Remember what his first team was? The Indianapolis Racers of the World Hockey Association. Really? Yeah, okay. the Indianapolis Racers. Uh, the Racers sold Gretzky to Edmonton the next year when the WHL, when the WHA folded. 
and uh, Gretzky became part, and the Oilers became part. Uh, but uh, as I said, he ended up with uh, 1,900 and career assists were more than any other player's career points, which are tallied as a... Behind the great one, the Oilers won the Cup in 84, 85, 87, and 88. Of course, he left, and then Messier won another one. Yeah. Gretzky was traded to Los Angeles uh, in... Uh, was it 88? Uh, after, I think after the last one, yeah. yeah. He was hung in effigy, uh, the owner, not him, but the owner, Peter Pocklington, was hung in effigy. That means <laughs> they struck him up there, a, a yeah. dummy of him. Uh, for making the trade, but uh, I think Wayne pretty well forced that upon him. Uh, but Wayne Gretzky, March 23rd, 1994. He uh, sets the all-time goal-scoring record in the NHL with number eight. Would that have been uh, Would that have been Barry Melrose coaching the Kings then in 94? I think so. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. he was the coach. They, cause they I think went to the their finals before, one year. They went to the finals year, and lost to Montreal. The finals one year. 93, yeah. yeah. So. But he, he did put the... I mean, the Kings were out there, and they draw some people. But uh, you remember Jack Kent Cook's great quote? He said, uh, "I, I, uh, uh, about how he didn't know that the three hundred thousand Canadians in Los Angeles went to Los Angeles because they hated hockey." <laughs> <laughs> the owner.